The Chosen is the first ever multi-season television series about the life of Jesus the Christ and the followers he chose. This is an independent account of that TV series brought to you by the Tally.life. Welcome to the unofficial Chosen Broadcast. It is the unofficial Chosen Broadcast, episode six. Oh, come on. DJ Payne, and with me as always is the Prophet. Prof, how you doing, my brother? I'm good. I've got much more energy than last week. Um, I'm trying not to <laughs> laugh at that, but mate. Post up rock. We were, we were both kind of zombies last week, <laughs> dude. We just let's start the show, but with a formal apology for last week's episode. Okay, let, yeah. I, even though I think it was a solid episode, I think the content was good. Our, both of us were like running on fumes, mate, and it was we were totally discombobulated. I, I was beyond fumes. I I got to a hill. Push myself down in neutral and just rolled through last episode. Um, you were trying to clutch start the whole. Yeah. You were trying to clutch start the car the whole way down. Oh man! Two days oh, late well, recording. Oh mate, what happened to us? We were the dream team, I know, man. I know. I know. I know. But listen, we're back. We're back on our regular recording time. Everything's gone back to normal. You last night were able to sit down and watch episode five of the Chosen. The wedding gift? I'm still cleaning up the fragments of my head from when my mind was blown <laughs> all over the lounge room. Um. <laughs> awesome, awesome. That is great. Okay, this is good. This is good. Um, so uh, you know, as as we as we grow in, as a podcast, as we as we establish something, there's one thing I want to address straight away at the beginning of this episode is we started off strong. The first couple of episodes, first two or three episodes, we kept them short. We kept them tight. Mm. No, nah, we're we're totally blowing over the the set times. The last couple of episodes, it's getting longer and longer and longer. So I'm sort of at a point now where I'm going to try to keep us on track, but it's going to go longer than just as I program things in the telly. I can't keep this show with the music breaks in it in 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 it under an hour. And so I'm like, all right, it's just going to go a bit over an hour, an hour and a half, whatever it takes, doesn't matter. And uh, I'm okay with that, Prophet. You're okay with that. This episode deserves more time. This yeah, was uh, I, I, something. Look, you, you, we might even go a whole extra break with this one. So I, I, I'm, we're being a bit flexible. And you know the nice thing is when you run the radio station yourself and you're doing the podcasting yourself and you're doing all the editing yourself, uh, I can make the calls however I see it. That's that's the beauty. Right. Executive producer here. <laughs> The DJ Payne. <laughs> now, now, as we as we sort of you know relax a little bit and get a little bit more, um, you know, we can spend some time, you know, here. I'd love people as their as as our listener listenership grows and more people come on board. I'd love I'd love them to get to know us a little bit, mm. a, a, a little bit more here and in what we do. We we were talking about the Uprock uh, Hip Hop Summit that was on virtually last you know a, a couple of weeks ago. And people might be thinking, what's the Uproc Hip Hop Summit? Now, the way that the Prophet and I know each other is through the Christian hip hop circles in Australia that we've both been, you know, part of for for a very long time. And I've been looking at a new way to do Uproc next year. Now, this is the Ooh. first time I've even floated it out out there. We're getting. The I pitch. think it's beyond. Yeah, this is huge, mate. And I want. I'm going to pitch it to you first, and our listeners get to hear it first. And I know, dear listener. You might have no interest in in Christian hip hop at all, but like, just bear with me here. You'll get to know us a little bit better. 
I, I want to do, and I can bring the Chosen into it because I think we need to do some Chosen screenings and maybe even a live recording of the Chosen, you know, the unofficial Chosen broadcast as part of Uprock and all that good stuff. But uh, I want to do it in Victoria. It's time for Melbourne to step up oh. and have an Uprock Summit down here. Come on. Well, Brisbane did it in, I think it was 2016. Uh, yep. They did it. Uh, I think after seeing the amount of work that goes into it, I don't think they've put their hand up since. Um, <laughs> uh, exactly. I'll tell you what, though, that was one of my favourite um, years. And I think it was just the fact of being able to to do the other side of it, to travel somewhere, be a part of yep. it, uh, rather than yep. being on the hosting end of it. So that was kind of cool, man. Yeah. So the other <clears> 10 <throat> times that Uprock – the Uprock Hip Hop Summit has been on. It's been in Sydney. It's mm. always in the same spot, you know, except for the very first one. It's been in Sydney the, the first time there. It's had one adventure out to Queensland. Well, I think it's time to bring it down here. That's awesome. The Uprock Retreat. I don't know. I'm floating, I'm floating the idea out. And, not, and, and the nice thing is if we go to a campsite that's a little bit bigger, we can actually open it up and, you know, expand it and invite mm. everybody to it. Like, you know, more people... Uh, you know, regular people, churches and everything, that we're going to have space to be able to bring more people. That's an idea. Hey, so if you're listening and you might be randomly interested or have a young person in your life interested in, in Christian hip-hop, this might be a chance for them to get along for a weekend and have a look. This is going to be happening. If it does happen in November, down in Melbourne, it will happen, but whether it happens down here, it'll Oof. be uh, November 2022, you know, so... Uh, it's a year away now. All right, listen. Mate, that went uh, from pitch to sorry. promo really quick. <laughs> that's I'm I'm that's slick. The DJ I'm P slick way. The DJ P <laughs> way. <laughs> I just, you know, you gotta, you gotta be gotta be paid now. It all could fall in a heap like most things that I pitch out there, but that's that's what I'm saying. All right, hey, listen, let's take a break. Uh we're having some fun here getting to know each other. Let's take a break and we'll come back and we'll sink our teeth into the chosen episode five the wedding gift here on the unofficial chosen broadcast. You're listening to the unofficial chosen broadcast. Back on the unofficial chosen broadcast, TUCB, otherwise known as Tuck Bar. <laughs> hey, that's that's actually taken off. Someone, um, <laughs> I've had Someone a few comments, a few comments on posts that said, you know, said Tuck Bar. Actually, one was from the bro Johnny three sixteen. He was like, "Oh, bro, yes. did you put up the Tuck Bar shout out while you were <laughs> while you were there?" <laughs> oh, mate. I love it. I love it. Now, something I, something I'd love to start doing at the beginning of every episode is actually having a look at the um, at the current uh, view count mm. as we record for the chosen series. So, if you open up the chosen app straight away, it shows you the view count of how many views the chosen series has got. And I don't know exactly what they count as a view. I don't know if they watch you know per episode or all together, but the view count. As we as we record this, three hundred and thirteen million six hundred and twenty thousand views of the chosen. Jeez, and climbing. It probably climbing while you're looking cli- at oh. it. <laughs> and climbing probably by the time you know this episode comes out and it's live, 
I mean, we're talking the population of the USA is around about, I think, 330 to 350 million people. Jeez. And so it's almost at the point where the where the view count is equal to the population of the USA. Um, so it, phenomenal stuff. Well done to the chosen team. I'm excited to see. Now, the other thing is, as this episode goes out, this is all happening around the live viewing of the Christmas special from Luke, from the book of Luke, that they've got in the cinemas. It's happening as this episode goes out. Man. And so, yeah. So we we Australians missing out on it first time viewing, you know. So we've got to make it happen. I don't uh, know how. I know. Maybe I don't think it's going to happen for this year, obviously, because it's already happening over there. But I, but I tell you, Dallas and the team, our our dear beloved friend Dallas Jenkins. Oh, bleeding gums! Bleeding gums! Come on, bleeding gums, Jenkins. <laughs> we, we we need you. We need you to consider us Australians. Please consider doing a doing a live viewing down here as well. I know we've got the technology. I know the internet cable strong enough for us to be able to handle it. Uh, we'd be able to do it down here. So at the very least, just help us so that you can have some sort of quality control. Because if not, I'm just going to put a bed sheet out between two gum trees and and project it <laughs> <laughs> proper bush style. Um, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it Aussie style on, on a budget. <laughs> All right, let's get into the actual episode. This this episode originally came out uh, around around April 2019. Um, season, uh, as I said, season one of the Chosen, episode five, the wedding gift. And so straight away with the title there, we realise. And again, I know, I know for you, Prof, you're watching it for the first time without the title. Have no idea what's going on. Uh, but with the title there, the wedding gift, we go okay, okay, yeah. We don't know what they're going to be doing, but we, we. But if you've read the New Testament, you know that the first, you know, public miracle that Jesus did is the wine, you know, the water at the uh, water into wine at the wedding. So obviously, we're expecting that story fairly fairly soon. But the scene doesn't open on that. The scene opens in Jerusalem. Uh, back when Jesus was about 12 years old and we open on, we get our introduction to Mary or as she's titled in in all of the press and the credits, she's credited as Mother Mary hmm. uh, there. And that's the wonderful, uh, I can never pronounce her last name, uh, Vanessa Be- Benevente, I think it is, is playing Mother Mary. And uh, she's, she's running around in Jerusalem. Now, here's a little bit of a... Um, Here's a little bit of an Easter egg for you. In the original edition that they put out uh, of the series of The Chosen, the little title that comes up, Jerusalem AD, the original one was Jerusalem AD 12. And that's what you would have seen. I've, you know, yeah. that's what you've watched. The original copy there that I've given you. In the latest edition in the app, they've amended that and they've gone Jerusalem AD 8, allowing you know, allowing that mistake in the calendar, in the, in the, in the, you know, the AD, BC calendar, because Jesus was probably born anywhere from four to six BC. Yeah. You know, okay. uh, well, because they, so they, they've allowed that. They added months into the calendar, like August was after Augustus, um, yes. you know, Caesar and stuff like that, and, and Octavian, you know, all that stuff. So, you know, the, the, they love just adding months in the calendar to honor yeah. the Caesars at so, the time. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. It's an interesting little side note that when it originally went out, a lot of a lot of scholars and Bible nerds were like, "Hang on, this is not AD twelve. Jesus, we know Jesus was twelve years old when he was at the temple. This is not, you know, in AD twelve. So they've uh, go, gone ahead and done a little bit of an edit there, which I thought is really funny. But we get a we get a something that every parent can can um, relate to. We get a panic mum looking for their child. They're 12-year-old, and this is Mary looking for 12-year-old Jesus. So we're getting a flashback opener to this this uh, this week's episode. Um, and then we have uh, Joseph, uh, you know, Father Joseph there, walking along with young 12-year-old. And I love the fact that they really got a, a 12-year-old-looking boy to play it. Like, yeah. he looks... I mean, 12, let's be honest. Sorry, all 12 year olds out there. You're a gangly, dorky type of looking kid. <laughs> the the, the newborn know? giraffe, where it's like, I'm yeah, having a growth yeah. spurt, but I don't know how yeah, to use exactly. these limbs. <laughs> exactly. They got, they got, and, and shout out to the actor who's playing young Jesus. He does a, does a great job. Because I actually think there's some mannerisms that this young Jesus is doing that is very similar, like the way he his, his words pitch in that. They sound like. Jonathan Rumi playing the older Jesus as well. So they've done Dude. they've done a good job there. And it's basically the discussion. If you know the you know the New Testament story at all, it's it's the time where Jesus is lost after a feast in Jerusalem. Uh they've they've gone for days out of Jerusalem and then they realize as they've count finally count their children, Jesus is missing. They go back to Jerusalem, they find him, he's in the temple, and this is this is a wonderful delivery from the actor playing Joseph. Uh, and and again, don't want to spoil anything for you. I don't want to, you know, prof here. But this is not the first time. Uh, this is uh, what should I say? It, this is not the first time I've seen this guy playing uh, Joseph, because there's a pilot episode that you haven't seen yet that we'll watch eventually. Okay, great. Of the Chosen, uh, and this won't be the last time we see this actor playing Joseph as well. So, uh, that, and that's, I'll just give a hint there around the nativity scene there. We'll, we, we, we see this guy again. But we do have a younger actress in the nativity scenes playing Mary. All okay. right. So there's, we've got two, two actresses playing Mary. Anyway, anyway. Uh, and we get this wonderful moment um, of Mary and Jesus interacting. And one particular scene in particular that's pretty important is that Mary really beseeches her son to to bear with them as they get used to the fact that he's going to be about his father's business. Yeah. And that doesn't mean Joseph. And so we get a bit of a bit of a shallow depth of field special effect, make the blur make the background all blurry effect there of Mary's face right in front of Jesus, you know, Jesus face front on and she's beque- you know, she's please Jesus, would you do this for me? And that'll come into play later on. Yeah. And you know, we'll probably have some comments about that as well. It was incredible, Mary. You should have seen him. He was teaching when I found him. The rabbis, the scribes, the scholars, they could not believe their ears. They barely let us leave. Didn't you know I must be in my father's house? It is too early for all this. If not now, when? Just... Help us get through all of this with you. Please. 
Fast forward, uh, fast forward to today, we have uh, the actress, uh, very um, well-known, uh, you know, television actress Leslie Steele playing Dinah, who is uh, Mary's best friend. Uh, Dinah originally from Nazareth, that we find out um, is is best friends with Mary, and she is putting on her son's wedding. Her son's wedding, yeah, her son's wedding. Um, and uh, you know, Mary comes to help. You know decorations, all that type of stuff. Uh, cut to, we have a few scenes throughout the uh, throughout the this episode of, as it was alluded to in the last one, John the Baptist and Nicodemus finally having a showdown together. And John the Baptist is not playing. He, he don't play no game. He was, he was awesome, man, because he, he was like... It, oh, anyway, I'm sure we'll, we'll break that yeah. down, but I, th- I thought it was so well done the way that he was addressing yeah. this Pharisee and... The old mate was great it was acting, like a game great of chess. acting from both of them because he was yeah. trying to yeah. subtly not give himself away from the Pharisee side that he was there outside of everything, you know, for his own kind of information he was after. But oof. exactly, exactly. And shout out to David Amito, who's playing John the Baptist, another well known actor, uh, in, in, in really dark, offbeat, uh, comedies. And you know, real absurdist type of. So they, I love the fact that they actually found someone who who is who is well known in in crazy, weird, offbeat, spiritually strange movies and and shows and stuff like that. Really off, you know, weird productions. They found a really weird actor to play a really weird guy, John the Baptist, because <laughs> <laughs> he does the crazy eyes really well. He does he does that uh, intense stare really well. Okay, we cut back to Capernaum where uh, Peter. Simon Peter comes into Eden. His wife, we find out that Eden, uh, probably a family business here and maybe a theme of the episode, she's uh, she's crushing grapes, you know, doing the old, fo- you know, foot stomping on the grapes there uh, outside the family home, uh, you know, getting, uh, getting the juice out of the grapes there. And this is the scene where Peter has to come to his wife and say, listen, I... I'm been on thin ice lately, but you probably think this is probably the end. But I think I've just been called by the Messiah to go travel with him, and uh, much to his amazement, and uh, you know, and probably uh, one of my favourite scenes in this episode is she just, you know, breaks down and is with joy, you know that that she doesn't she doesn't question him at all mm. that this is the Messiah, but that the Messiah would put pick Simon Peter. She always knew, yeah. you know, type of thing. And I love, I love that scene. We'll get into that maybe a little bit more as well. Oh, bro. He said that I wouldn't be a fisherman anymore, but that I would catch people instead. I don't even know what that means, but I'm sure what I saw. He's the one we've been waiting for all our lives. And I want to quit fishing and leave the sea behind to go. I know, I know, I know it makes no sense. And I knew it would make you upset. All I can tell you is that this is... Upset. A lot to say. Bro, wear there. a helmet. Um, put a helmet so- and a mouth guard on for when we break down some of these 
I got. I, I'm. I won't go on a rant, but I, I've got some. I got some takeaways, man. I love it. I love it. Uh, Peter joins Eden in the in the in the foot stomping uh, escapades. There now we do. We can take a side note here while we're having some fun. I don't know how. I don't know if I want to be drinking that wine after <laughs> Peter jumps in. The I was help. Like, bro, can I just he, say that he was just standing in a boat filled with fish, like a couple <laughs> of hours before. That's why as soon as he hopped in, I was like, he better have washed them feet, man. <laughs> I mean, I mean, she says, you know, you know, wash your feet and join in. I see him slip and slop and a bit of water on his feet. I don't see any. <laughs> like this is not antibacterial stuff. I don't believe that. I mean, this guy has been wandering around with Jesus all, you know, all day. With with those sandals on, I'm not I'm not totally convinced about yeah, the, the depth of flavor. The depth of flavor. There'd be layers to that wine. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's why if, if you're gonna. Oh, anyway, I don't know that, if they I don't know if they're serving that what that particular wine at the wedding feast. Let's say just if say, they let's were, just go you partner that. it up with some blue cheese. It'll cover up the feet. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then we then we cut to a a new couple, uh, a new couple that we've uh, you know that we're meeting for the first time, and this is Rayma and Thomas. Um, Thomas played by uh, Joey Verhetti and Rayma played by Yasmin Albastami. Again, apologies for mispronouncing everyone's name. Now, this couple is the you know the uh, basically the, uh, the 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 vendors for the wedding they are the you know the food prep and you know making sure they've got all the supplies the wine these these guys as we find out are supplying the wine and um as as we as we grow through the episode we realize that you know there's there is a relationship between these two maybe not exactly as clear as what it what it means to beginning because Rayma is the daughter of the vineyard owner and Thomas seems to be the, you know, the wannabe business, you know, business man, guy, man, who's, managing who's director. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's who's trying to uh, trying to make a bit of a side hustle over here? Uh, we then get a great scene where um, Simon and Simon Peter and Andrew, the two brothers, are meeting at meeting the rest of the gang in a particular spot to meet Jesus as they make their way to the wedding, and. Uh, they don't know if they've made a made a fatal error with their lunch packs. How they're going to do this? It's a very funny, touching human moment. Jesus comes. Uh, we have uh, a wonderful, simple point of point of reference that they're now in this early group of disciples. Two disciples with the name of James. So we now get you know Big James uh, and James the Lesser, or Small James, or you know you know other other young, you know young known James. I think things. he said yeah, young yeah. Young James, James the Lesser. He's known as a few things in church history, but we get a really organic moment for that as well. Um, and uh, yeah, so off they go. You know, off they go. This uh, you know, young traveling, you know, the young rabbi with his growing set of uh, disciples, his his students. Uh, their first project together. Let's go to a wedding. You know, let's go to a wedding. All right, let's take another quick break. Quick break here. And uh, we'll come back now. Be- before we get here, and we've just mentioned the disciples, uh, Prophet. You've got, uh, you know, I know you. I know you love going back to the aughts or the the nineties. <laughs> you know, old school and the music here. I'm sure you could pull out a song that I've, would somehow address, you know, this situation. I've got one, and, and I've got a segue because you said, you know, that they ran a, a theme in there with the the wine at the start. And that, that's what we yeah. call it. It's a cosmetic connection. It's not a storyline yeah. connection. Uh, so I've, I've got a, I've got a, a cosmetic uh, segue here. This, which we're about to, you know, break down soon, is is some of the stuff in this episode. A lot of it 
has to do with what does it mean to to be a disciple, to follow someone, to learn yeah. from someone, yeah. to see the world the way that your rabbi sees the world. So I'm stepping out of hip hop today, um, which is Woo! yes, Woo! but but I'm I'm definitely doing a throwback. <laughs> I think it's 2009, uh, and this is a track <laughs> called uh, "Give Me Your Eyes," and it's about seeing oh. the world, seeing people, seeing brokenness uh, in the way Jesus would to be able to respond the way that you believe he would to, to people yeah. without the judgment and all that. So there's a good one for the, any any other disciples out there wanting to, you know, see things a bit differently. Great track from Brandon Heath. Good pick. Ev, mate, you put, you, I love the fact you've, you've uh, you pulled out, you know, you've gone outside of the hip-hop bag into the uh, – into the Christian bag. I do love well, the I fact that I won't that all make your music... a habit of it. I won't make a habit oh, of that's it. Okay. <laughs> You've got to keep the hip hop cred alive here. Uh, yeah, but, right, uh, yeah. I I do I do love all your musical references pretty much stop at around about 2012. That's that's the other thing that I appreciate about about you. Well, that's when good music stops. So, let's just No, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Brandon Heath 2009 Give Me Your Eyes will be back in a moment on the unofficial chosen broadcast. Look down from a broken sky, traced out by the city lights. My world from a mile high, best seat in the house tonight. Pay it forward. Tell someone about the unofficial chosen broadcast today. Brandon Heath with Give Me Your Eyes. That is the prophet pick of the episode. That's my pick. Great song there. Oh, see, he's a bit more literal than me. If I wrote that song, uh, even though it says Give Me Your Eyes in the hook, I would have called it Corneal Transplant to, to build a bit of, uh, you know, uh, uh, enigma oh, you're around you're too it. too good. Um, now, now, we've just said goodbye to the disciples heading off. Uh, we made a note of saying uh, James the Lesser played by Jonathan, uh, sorry, Jordan Walker-Ross and then James the Big, the Big James, uh, brother of John, the other son of Zebedee. And I'll make a little asterisk here because this will we'll realise what happens later off down the track. At the moment, I don't want to spoil anything for you, played by Kian Cavusi. All right. So, uh, you know, it, 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 I'll just leave that there. We then cross back to Capernaum uh, where um, uh, Dinah uh, gets a visit from uh, Hela, who is the mother of the uh, of the bride, you know, mother of the bride. So this is the and this is the drama of the wedding part of it. Yeah. You know, the great, great, great drama. And again, this is why this show is great, because it's a television show. It is doing what television shows do, creates drama that we can all identify to. This is, you know, is is this story in the Bible? No. Is this the Bible? No, it's a television show based on the Bible. I just need to get that have, off my chest have yet again. Have two mother-in-laws since the fall of man been able to co-host any event without drama? Exactly. I don't know, exactly. man. <laughs> yeah. And we get we get the added thing that uh, Dinah, who is Mary's best friend, Mary the mother of Jesus's best friend, comes from Nazareth, and that's a bit of a stigma coming from Nazareth. It's the bad end of the end of the world, and the 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 mother and father of the bride come from money, come from wealth. They're a lot more well off. They're traders, 
and you know we get this growing tension between um the mother of the bride the rich ones abner and healer Ab- we'll heal abner a lot this episode and uh you know then the uh, the, the parents of the groom uh cross to back to uh jesus and the crew coming uh, you know, making their way, walking their way to uh, to where the wedding's taking place, and um, we have Peter already <laughs> scheming, planning. Yeah. Let's you know, like trying to work out who's going to be at the wedding, how it's all going to work. Let's go like this, and a fantastic, you know, fantastic line uh, from Je- Jesus here, played by oh, Jonathan Rumi. Je- you know, Jesus turns to him and says, right. "Yes, son." I was thinking. Mm. If this wedding is worth a journey for you, who has so much to do, Mm. perhaps it is also worth a journey for many wealthy Jews. You believe important and powerful Hebrews will be there? Possibly. I'm very keen, son. The most important and powerful person I know will be there. My mother. Isn't your mother from Nazareth? Everyone's like, of course, that's why we're going. You know, we're about to liberate Israel here. You're the Messiah. And he goes, well, the most important person I know is is going to be there, my mum. My mum's there. (laughs) I love that. And everyone's like, what? Peter's automatically slid into the, oh, what What you want to do is you want to yes. like that role already. And it's like, oh, bro, don't be the guy that stands next to the man on the barbecue, bro. You've been there for two Fantastic. seconds. Oh man, we we get a we get a uh, we get an added uh, beautiful personal level, and this is this is one of the great things about this uh, television show, and the reason why we're doing this. We have these wonderful human moments. Uh, one of those great ones I found in this one is uh, as as Mary, the mother of Jesus, is talking to her best friend as they're setting up the you know the the uh, you know the everything for the bride and groom to have the ceremony. Uh, they they're talking about you know. They're reliving their memories, as mothers do. Anybody who's ever had a wedding realizes that the the mothers-in-laws and the mothers are reliving their own things out here. And Mary basically says, "Yeah, this is sort of I didn't have this." And they're like, and Dinah's like, "I've forgotten sort of why. What happened there?" And she said, "Remember." And she does that classic hand gesture that everybody knows, <laughs> you know, doing the belly. I was pregnant at the time we got married, so there was no big celebration. And it's such a little human moment like that that I go, man, this is why I keep coming back to this show. This is why I trust Dallas Jenkins and the crew to make something like this because it's great. You know, it brings people in. It makes it makes everybody more real. Now, uh, we we have um, uh, Thomas and uh, Raymer with their wine meeting uh, Dinah and Raffi. We meet Raffi, Dinah's husband. Uh, these, you know, they they're very excited about wine. They've spent, they've gone into debt for the wedding, which a lot of people can associate with. Uh, and again, as I said, we keep crossing back to John the Baptist and you know and uh, Nicodemus having their discussion in the prison cell. And it's around about this time where. John the Baptist, it's finally clicking to John the Baptist that this guy, Nicodemus, is really asking, mm. is really searching, not just wanting to prosecute, you know? And maybe John the Baptist has to lay down a little bit of his you know, preconceived notions. Uh, wonderful scene. Jesus arrives at the at the home with his disciples. Big hug and a kiss from uh, from mum. You know, really, uh, you know, really beloved scene there. And as the wedding goes on, we know the story here. We know the story that uh, they're running out of wine. And I love the fact that they make it because, and Jesus and the disciples is probably one of the reasons why. Like, they're not on the wedding list. They thought there was going to be up 40 or so, 40 to 50 people, maybe 60 at the wedding. 
uh, Raymer keeps counting 80, more than 80 people, <laughs> and it's like it's overblown. And Thomas is about to have a heart attack because they're running out of wine. The worst thing that could happen at, at a wedding. We get, uh, we finally get to meet the 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 couple, the, the the mother of the bride, the mother and father of the bride, the rich trading people, Abner and Hila, played really, really well. I mean, like. Soon as you see them, you're like, "Oh, we know exactly what type of characters yeah. these are." <laughs> you know, Matthew Jason Kuhn uh, is playing Abner. Uh, Karina uh, Dominguez, uh, I think, is how I pronounce the last name there. Um, you know, playing this rich couple who are trying to be nice, but everything they say is an insult. It's backhanded, and, uh, backhandedness oh, to everything oh. here. Shocking, shocking. And we we enjoy the wedding. You know, we've all experienced weddings. We've all been to weddings and we enjoy this wedding. People having a great time dancing, eating, celebrating, the couple talking to people. And as as night falls, the conversations get a bit more serious and we have these wonderful conversations uh, around the table of, of Jesus' disciples. One in particular, um, you know, about how one of the one of the disciples, Thaddeus, met Jesus, basically the first disciple, how he met Jesus, and it was on, you know, on a construction site, which Peter is like, what? He's like, again, everything that Peter learns about Jesus is sort of blowing his mind and also upsetting him. Um, And uh, in a very happy moment, we have Simon, Simon Peter and Andrew meeting with Jesus, bumping into him in 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 a corridor there. Everything is very jovial. Dancing is about to begin. And then Mary runs up to her son and says, Oh, this is bad news. Bad news. This is my best friend's, you know, child's wedding. Everything's going to go pear-shaped. They have run out of wine. And you get a very, you know, sorcerer-eyed Thomas and uh, and Raymer in the background looking at everything going on, thinking, what in the world is this crazy woman asking her son about the wine for what in the world can he do? And we get that callback moment, that same visual effect of shallow depth of field, blurry background of Mary in Jesus' face. My time has not yet come. If not now, when? Can't say no to mum. Can't say no to mum. Can't say no no to mum. We have Jesus and Thomas interacting around the wine. uh, And while, you know, again, really good, uh, you know, filmmaking, while Jesus and Thomas are, you know, talking about the wine, talking about the stone pots, the purification water, going through all this stuff, all of a sudden we have a... um, not, not really. I, I won't say. I say a montage, but it is a montage of Jesus working this miracle by himself in the room, and that is uh, overlaid with a voiceover of Thaddeus and Mary Magdalene talking about what it means to be a stonemason, you know, to be the craftsman that he was, and it's a wonderful moment of, you know, when you're working in stone, when you decide to do something, you can't go back. Mm. It's a, it's forever. And that is outlaid with Jesus wrestling with the fact that once he does this miracle, he knows it's, everything is going to come up. Everything is going to unfold. It's the, way it was the beginning to. of public public ministry. 
Yeah. 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 And so we then we get the we get the classic scene. Jesus turns the water into wine. Uh the um you know the the organizer of the wedding, the master of ceremonies there stops everything and says this is the world's greatest wine. You know, usually it's the other way around. You serve the good stuff first and the bad stuff last. These guys are blessing us and done such an amazing thing that they've flipped it over on its head. People are having a great time. Uh, Andrew tries to dance like a four-legged, you know, (laughs) uh, a a four-footed donkey or something, you know, something crazy there. And then we're left in a a beautiful moment as as everybody is celebrating. Uh, Mary and Jesus, you know, exchange a glance. Um, it's a it's a wonderful moment, but we we are left in the wake of Thomas and Rama sitting there and basically saying, we're left in the wake of uh, Thomas and Rama looking at what's happening and realize that their whole life has changed. Hmm. They just they can't you know make no mistake about it. They just witnessed a miracle. There's no there's no way to explain this for, for what they've happened, and Thomas reveals that Jesus has invited him. To join him, you know, in 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 a few days' time in Samaria, and he's obviously visibly shaken and doesn't know what to do. And Rama says, "Just do it. Just go." You know, for the first time in your life, don't think, (laughs) just do it. (laughs) But I mean, the layers to that too is is one being asked to come and meet me in twelve days somewhere else, and to to have to have that leap of faith to go. I'm going to do it. But two. To do it in Samaria as well, that's like saying, yeah. "Oh, hey man, um, hey little, you know, friendly surfy guy, come meet me at um, uh, Blacktown Station at midnight on Saturday." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I know, I know. So wonderful moment, and again, many la- so many layers, and we've met we've met another disciple. We've met Thomas, um, who you know, hopefully, will be joining the crew soon, um, and. Again, Thomas is known for one thing, you know, anybody who's read the Bible, or even if you haven't read the Bible, you've heard the phrase doubting Thomas. Mm. And so this idea of building a character behind that, behind that reference, behind that, you know, you use, you don't use doubting Thomas in a positive light. It's a negative thing to call someone. And so to build that person behind that is uh, just, you know, is really, really good. And, And that Jesus breaks the stigma of that. The first episode you meet him, he addresses it. He's yeah. like, "Hey, yeah, it's it's good to question things." I know, yes. I know a guy like you actually, uh, and then he makes yeah. reference to to Matthew being someone who always yes. has to break things down. Anyway, I, I kind of dug that because I think, you know what, you want someone in your crew that's that's wanting to say, "Well, hold up, guys, I want to double check before I make my mind up." Like, well, I yeah. think you got to balance things out. That's good. Totally, totally. Uh, so, um, you know, basically that is the uh, that is the episode in a nutshell. We've taken a long time. Sorry, everybody, taken a long time to go through that one. We've we uh, we were talking off off microphone and talking to a few different people. A lot of people have said this is their favorite episode of season one. Yeah. The wedding episode is my favorite episode. So I wanted to take a little bit extra time and go through it there. But let's take a let's take a break. And we'll come back and we'll start pulling it apart, the moments from this episode that we think is, uh, you know, worthwhile uh, talking about here. Let's have a listen to uh, Phil Wickham. Phil Wickham, he's going to be part of the Christmas special that's going out now and soon will be in everybody's apps around the world. Phil Wickham, an excellent Christian artist, someone who is just so... uh, 
you know, so so uh, relevant with his uh, take on worship. And I've been blessed to be able to see him live very briefly. And this guy can sing. My goodness, he's amazing. So here's Phil Wickham. We'll be back with more on The Tukba in just a moment. The Tukba. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. The unofficial chosen broadcast is brought to you by the Tally.live. Tune in today. We shout out your praise. We shout out your praise. It is the Tukba, the unofficial chosen broadcast here <laughs> with Prophet and DJ as we discuss the wedding gift episode five of season one of The Chosen. We've given you the rundown. We've relived the moments with you. Now it's time to break down our favourite moments. Prophet, take it away. Oh, dude. Like I, was, I said, strap on a helmet, put put a mouth guard in. Like I, there are so many. And and like you had mentioned too, this is it's a highlight of the season for a lot of people. Uh, big shout out to the man, Pastor Craig, up here. He, uh, he said to me, wait, you wait till that episode comes on. I didn't think it was going to come, <laughs> come up just yet. My prediction was, oh, we'd get a bit more background on some of the disciples. Instead, we got introduced yes. to a new one in a really cool way uh, with, yeah. with Thomas. But, oh, just, so, okay, so rather than, because I've got so many, I think that the thing that was just really just woven through the whole thing was this idea of, of discipleship. You know, what does it mean yes. to be chosen to follow a rabbi? What does it mean to, to drop everything and go live your life following this guy, learning from this guy and, and just woven through the whole thing was this whole kind of sub story of these people trying to figure out what, what does life look like now? Are we ready for this? And they've all got different expectations. They're nervous. They're excited. They've got no idea what they're in for. Um, But like I'd mentioned last episode for, for some of these guys, this is a second chance to go, man, I was, I was chosen uh, you know, where, mm. when usually, uh, you know, when there's a, a rabbi back then choosing someone, he's, he's trying to choose the best of the best, you know, to follow him, be like him, and then become even greater than him in, in what they teach in yes. their journey. And um, I just love how well done this was of like the anticipation, the, you know. Yeah, yeah, or even the moment where they they say that the, you know, the common Jewish practice in that day was that students and families chose the teachers yeah would go okay would, I, know, I want you to yeah. to do what you can yeah. to 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 be this this person's disciple yeah. or whatever you sort and of he's you looked through. at the rabbis you know rabbis had a reputation and the families tried to get their students into that rabbi's reputation rabbi's reputation yeah. this is totally upside down the rabbi comes and chooses you and, know the grown adults to be the yeah. uh, to be their disciples yeah and not not the cream of the crop from uh you know from their studies <laughs> But guys, basically off the side of the road, you know, it's just like these people have purpose and thing. Ah, oh, so so this kind of storyline went, and then um, you know, he's it almost picks up right where we left off. You know, he runs home. Simon Peter runs home to tell uh, Eden about you know what's going on, and that that moment where she responds, and he's like, "I knew you, you know, I know you would be upset. I'm about to go away," and she's like, "Why would I be upset?" This, and she sees that joy in him again, that faith in him again that she mentioned. Um, oh. The last episode, she was basically saying, you're not the man I married. This episode, 
she sees him doing that and she grabs his face. Oh. She goes, that's the man I married. Perfect. And, oh, Perfect. And that blew yeah. my mind because I've, I've yeah. you know, like you said, you know, last episode, you, you've had moments where you felt like you were Peter in that conversation. For, for yeah. me, that was a massive, you know, hit for me, that scene there, because I feel like uh, in, in very recent times, I've been rediscovering some joy and some, some avenues of faith mm. and watching, uh, you know, Hannah respond. I'm like, oh, that's that look in her eyes that, oh, there's some glimpses of that, that guy. I remember that guy. I remember the, the passions coming back, you know, <laughs> the, yeah. the clouds yeah. are lifting in, in that whatever avenue and not to get too, too personal, but I really related to, to that. And I think that's why yes. that was so significant um, for me. That jumped out, man. I think a lot of fellas, especially people in creative pursuits or people who like to take risks in their life or anything like that, we identify straight away with Simon Peter. Yeah. And that relationship that they've established between him and Eden in just a few episodes uh, is is absolutely, you know, gorgeous. It's romantic. Uh, it's, it's, it's such a beautiful picture of what a, you know, and again, not to, I don't want to beat stereotypes here, but I just look at that. Like, I, I cannot tell you how time and time again, you know, m- my wife and I have had so many of those conversations over the years. So mm. I relate totally to that. Yeah. Just, you, just want to pra- you just want to praise God. And here's a shout out. All you godly wives out there who see the best in your husbands and put up with us. Yes. God bless you. You're, yes. you're an Eden for us. You're an Eden for us. But yeah, and like you said, with the pack lunches, you know, these like they're like nervous, giddy kind yes. of youngsters. Like, First day of oh, school. What First if day of school. What if we're the only ones who packed our lunches? We'll look silly. And he's <laughs> like, ah, don't worry about it. But then in that moment is another yeah. teaching moment with what it means to be a disciple. He's like, yeah, we'll yeah. make mistakes. But remember when we're learning to fish from dad? You know, he's like, yeah, great theme, great theme through that. Yeah. Well, he didn't really teach us. We just watched. He's like, yeah, we watched and we learned by watching. And then when we did it, we made our own mistakes and we grew through that, you know, and I was, ah, anyway, just this whole running theme. And, and when they're following him up the path and they're like, kind of, you know, super excited, but they're following really close. Like, what are we doing? Where are we going? What's going on? Like that, that just picture of wanting so bad to just. What's he going to do next? I'm I'm training to be like him, you know. And they had this old saying. Uh, uh, you've probably heard this saying, but they had a saying back in the in you know that era where they'd say a, a quote when someone was asked to follow someone, uh, they'd say, uh, "May you wear the dust of your rabbi's feet proudly." Oh. And it's this this image that if you've been chosen and asked to follow someone, you're going to follow so closely that the front of your cloak better be covered in the dust of his feet and may you wear that proudly. And ah, oh, anyway, blew my mind. I, I just, <laughs> I just love how it, it, and it wasn't even the main plot line of the, the episode. It was just this undercurrent, this theme running underneath of discipleship. And it was so beautifully kind of, yeah, in and out of the, the storyline, the whole episode. And I was just, yeah, loving it. It's, it, and, and so many takes takeaway applications for us today as followers of Christ mm. with with what they're wrestling with and what they're looking at and what they're realizing very early on in the game. I, I loved it. Uh, I've got to ask you, um, you know, again, many so many takeaways in the moment and there's so much to get into. But let's touch on briefly John the Baptist and Nicodemus. Okay, so they're, when they're having that chat, I, I was trying to figure out how they're going to, get to the bottom of it when 
John is going to be instantly defensive, talking to a Pharisee, because they're basically yeah. these these people, the enemy almost, you know. And then with old mate Nicodemus coming in going, okay, how do I keep my composure so I don't get caught out from, you know, going under the radar? Like, I've got to keep things above board here. And then eventually he's like, you know what? He takes off his hat and sits down. And just holding that posture is like, okay, mm. we're, we're having a conversation here. I'm not being interrogated. Yeah. And yeah. is this guy here is a man. ready to actually understand who this guy is? And two for John, like it's like, hey, I'm, I'm not going to go around spouting off about who this guy is. It's not his time yet. He's not... But when he said, oh, he's he's performed some miracles privately, yeah. we're nearly time. It's nearly time for things to go public, which is <laughs> what, you know, the whole episode is. It's like this exactly. first miracle is about to, about to change everything. But I kind of love that there's uh, just the whole narrative of, of this Nicodemus character because that yeah. is such a significant uh, interaction in the Gospels when he... Mm you know, down the track does finally have that conversation with Jesus. And I think actually painting this picture of him, it, it prevents the, the habit of most people retelling a story around Jesus of instantly demonizing, uh, you know, the, the Pharisees where it, it kind of shows that, oh man, these guys are just, they're trying to do what they believe is right. They're trying to do the right yeah. thing. And like anything, there's corruption in there and hypocrisy too. I love how John's like, you know, even that cloak you're wearing, that could feed, you know, yeah. 30 people for a year <laughs> back in Nazareth who don't have yeah, a home. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Just your cloak. Yeah, yeah. So chill out <laughs> with the holy stuff, you know. I, I I love I love the you know you're getting a passion for what the make make the Pharisees tick and Nicodemus you know is doing a great job of this the writing is really good as John starts quoting different passages from the Old Testament and getting Nicodemus to finish the quotes. Man, you know him. You can say that. What's his name? Who has ascended into heaven and come back? Down? I asked his name. Who has gathered the wind in his fist? Called Solomon to me, you wild mongrel. Who has wrapped up the waters in a garment? Finish. No, you answer me first. Teacher of Israel, finish the oracle of Agur, son of Jekyll. Who has established all the ends of the earth? What, what is his name, and what is the name of his son? Surely you know. You are careless with Torah. God does not have a son except Israel. Israel is his only son. All of us. Suit yourself. Nicodemus realizes straight away what he's saying, and he's like, offended. Yeah. Offended. You are handling the Torah wrong. You are misquoting it, and it does not apply to the Messiah that that God has a son. This is, you know, but John the Baptist has, you know, has, has, has had that spiritual revelation from the Holy Spirit that this is what this means mm. and this is a fulfillment of what his role is. I love that moment that Nicodemus reprimanded him for handling the handling the Torah wrong. Yeah. I thought that was great. And and the fact too that him quoting scripture, all this stuff, it's like, hey, this isn't some raving lunatic. Like he's not just out there spurting out conspiracy theories and, and you know, aliens and stuff. He's, he's straight up 
he's quoting, he's memorized, he's still of sound yep. mind, uh, which yep. is probably, I don't think he was expecting that because all the re- rumors, you know, even the Jews are saying, oh, what creepy John, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, what a, exactly. Old mate. And I love the fact they don't, they don't shy away from that in this particular scene. Yeah, yeah, you understand why Peter calls him Creepy John oh, yeah. out in the desert. He's de- he's definitely got that vibe. Um, yeah, he, he, you wouldn't invite him to come stomp your grapes, basically. No. <laughs> um. Definitely not. Yeah. Definitely not. Now, one one last thing before we head off into another another break, and then we'll wrap it all up here in this little our first ever extended edition of uh, of the podcast of the broadcast um, is um, I, I wanted to touch on the fact that you know. There is, there. How did you think they're handling Mary, or as they say in the credits, Mother Mary? Because we know, we understand that the audience for for this production is split right down the middle. Mm. You know, and this is the, the. It's true of the church. It's true of the church today. Of Christians today, there are two types of Christians today. There are those who are protestants or evangelicals or in in the world of you know that, that would be a, a, in the world of protestant and then there are catholic christians and so the different one of the biggest difference between the two is the way that yeah. they see mary and i i think they've done a really great job of skating down the center mm. personally um but i i got to confess when i did first see this the the Mary effect of G, of her when you know those two scenes the special effect scenes that I talk about the shallow depth of field and the bokeh behind her and everything's you know out of focus there behind her and she's right in Jesus' face saying please I'm like oh this is a Catholic moment <laughs> These, the Catholics are gonna love this and some of those old school Baptists are not gonna be happy about this at all I I liked, what did you think buddy? I I dug. I like what you said. Like, I think they really balanced balanced this thing out because, I mean, the reality is, no matter where you stand on this situation, yes. it's his mum. No yep. one knows intimate details about their kid like a mother does. So whether you're yep. going to, you know, see it as some sort of supernatural moment or, or whatever, I think that, that mother-son connection, it almost... For some people, I think they would have seen that as, you know, oh, it's really lifted her to this esteem like she somehow, you know, made that miracle happen kind of thing. But for for me, I'd lean the other way and go, it actually really humanized her because it, it brought out the the mum uh, the mum side yeah. of things a lot more. And, you know, she wasn't floating around, you know, type, type thing. She was just being a mum and being a really helpful friend to, to her bestie getting ready for their kid's wedding. So I, I think it really did skate skate the middle, like you said. Yeah. And and I think it was in a, a pretty a pretty healthy way because it, it really highlighted the the mum the mum son bond that yeah it most would have. I do I know? I yeah and, and hearing hearing back from um you know I've got some dear dear friends who who are Catholics and I've got some dear dear friends who you know and, and the type of church that I grew up in was you know real fundamentalist you know independent Baptist type of church mm. where you know Mary was you know you don't even say her name mm. you know type of thing because you didn't want to be anything like a Catholic so hearing both back from both those those crowds um you know I I think that they achieved something really well yes of course people are going to be you know what what they're what 
the people might be listening and going, "Gee whiz, I don't know how anyone could take offence to this." But part of the part of what they, I'll just give voice to what the offence might be. Part of the offence is that that some Catholics, uh, you know, believe or have believed or practice that in 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 beseeching Mary, sort of using Mary as an intercessor between Jesus, mm. Mary as Jesus's mother can sort of bring your request in, and because she's mum. She's going to go to Jesus and say, please, Jesus, this is, do it for me, mm-hmm. you know, da, 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 da. And some of that is based on these thoughts around the, the, the miracle of the water into wine at the wedding. Some of those Catholic ideas and traditions and thoughts, are, you know, come out of this. Um, and of course, as Protestants, we say, no, we have no intercessor between God and man other than Jesus himself. Mary was a sinner just like us. Mm. And, you know, Jesus was her saviour just as much as he was, her, you know, her mother. And we read that in, in you know, Mary's song when she, she calls herself a sinner and, and need, in need of a saviour. So, you know, I, I and it's, so I say all of that to sort of give voice to that. In the end, part, there's that, there's that child, you know, uh, pharisaical part of my brain that was still brought up in that way that sort of reacts a little bit when yeah, like, oh, you know she's I'm coming to nervous. Him, We've got know. a Mary Seeker. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's even bigger than just a denominational thing or your background or what you learn in Sunday school. Like for a lot of people, this is it's quite a heavy issue. Like if you look at certain locations, like some of us have friends or relatives or people who have come over to this part of the world from Ireland or somewhere like that, where they've got not even that many generations back that have been directly impacted from conflict within their own communities ongoing over these two streams of churches, two streams of Christianity. And, you know, certain things are a very big trigger point. You know, certain images or or statues or things are, are... reminiscent of some stuff that brings up the hurt and the pain of, of that conflict. So for the writers to figure out how we're going to portray Jesus' mother in this, yes, you know, skating, like you said, down the middle, it, I'd be nervous uh, to try and, you know, portray her in a way that's tasteful and realistic and also brings out those parts of that character that people are, are wanting to see. So massive props to the to the writers uh, to the actress uh, to the, to pull that off like you know you, you'd be scared it, it's such a trigger point and yeah. it was done I believe it was done really well oh boy okay so again so much unpacking this let's take one final break and we'll come back and we'll wrap this up and I've also got oh the uh, Tuckba product marketing team have gotten together <laughs> over this episode and we've definitely we've definitely got some uh, you know some stuff to uh, to uh, hock hock out to the public after this one so let's take one last break here on the unofficial chosen broadcast this is the unofficial chosen broadcast Okay, let's wrap this all up. It's the unofficial Chosen Broadcast. We've been talking about Season 1, Episode 5, The Wedding Gift. DJ here, the prophet there. We're talking about this episode. Let's wrap it up. But before we do, get into our scores and our predictions and our final takeaways. I've, I've, had, a, I've had a meeting with, our, uh, with the teleproduct marketing team. 
very excited about what we could bring to the chosen around products out of this episode. I don't know if you had any ideas, spitballing <laughs> ideas for you there, Prophet. I've always got ideas, bro. All I need is just permission to uh, to to speak them out. <laughs> like I've gotten so good at keeping my filter on, I just need to wait until someone's just like <laughs> open the gate and yeah. I'll just. <laughs> The gate is officially open. The filter is officially oh. off. I mean, the number one, and we won't go here because it's so obvious. The so obvious thing to do here is the chosen line of wines. You know, we bring out a chosen line of wines. They're in these beautiful sort of like, you know, the you know the stonemason jars. Uh, you nice. know, they, they've got ex- exactly the description that Thomas and Raymer give of the wine, of the valley and everything like that. We we put that on the label. We marketed it out there. Bang, million dollars oh overnight. We're done. Uh, that's a very obvious one. But there's got, I reckon there's other ones we could bring out of this one. First one in my mind, the first thing I noticed when I saw Jesus striding up to the, uh, up to the gang when they're in the meeting spot ready to go for a walk, I'm like, is he wearing a backpack? <laughs> Is he wearing a leather backpack? Oh, man. Where can I get a leather backpack? I mean, I might be part of hip-hop culture here, but, you know, the old backpack is here. We love a good backpack. Right. And uh, Jesus Jesus looks like he's got a great one. The Jesus backpack. I was about to say, yeah. you got to, and you could, I mean, there's there's so many different ways you could you could market it as well. You could, um, you know, talk have, have little things in there that are learning guides and, and it's a reminder to take up your cross daily. There's heaps to it. There's a lot of puns, yep. well, not just oh. puns, but a lot of... You know, mate, we could take the the WWJD wristband and 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 kind of modernise it with a backpack in some way. Oh, now you're talking. Now you're talking. I can I can see like on the back of the backpack, you know, very very nice, tastefully done WWJD little chosen logo. Maybe a fish even on there, something like that. Oof. And uh, again, I think uh, you know leather, leather. Now we're talking leather backpacks here. This is a premium product. Mm. You know, this is not just your little vinyl, you know, or nylon backpack that you've got, you know, down at Kmart. There, this is a this is a premium pocket. You, you can ask for a premium price, handmade leather backpack. You know, wear it a few times; it gets accustomed to you, wears into your shoulders, wears into your back. Nothing's going to feel better than this, mate. That's good. I like that. I, I I was thinking with the whole water purification situation there. That you can get these yep. little eye droppers, and you you just you get your wine or whatever beverage you got, and you put one or two drops in it, right? And it takes the the sulfites away, the preservatives away from your glass of wine. For those who who are, can't really tolerate sulfites, people react in different ways, and it's just like yep. having an old school fresh wine without the preservatives. So I don't know if we call it, you I know, like it. Thomas drops or something like that. But um, we oh, Thomas, I love Thomas get some drops. Thomas drops for your next wedding feast. Now, can can we can we can we get a uh, can we get a Baptist edition of the Thomas drops where you drop it into the wine and it takes the alcohol content out of it? Oh, instead of dropping it, in, you like immerse that? it into your wine. Is that what you're saying? No, oh. no, it was like you know a couple of somehow I don't know if the chemistry is even here for this, yeah. but somehow maybe it's a filter, maybe it's a Thomas filter, and you pour your glass of wine into it, or maybe it's a special you know, stone cup or something like that. And it actually gets rid of the alcohol out of the wine for all of those good, holy Baptist people who do not drink alcohol and are totally oh, teetotalists. It, it turns like it into, back, it reverts it, it to, other, to grape juice. It reverts it the there other way. Go. Now we're talking, there go, we go. Take, take the water into wine, let's go back the other way. Wine Here's a special juice. Christian glass. 
water back into into grape juice. There we go. Okay, so what it would do is you'd need some sort of reaction that when you drop it in, it boils it and then brings it back down to optimal temperature. Um, <laughs> to cook it out, <laughs> we're get, we're going full <laughs> chemistry. Uh, okay, now let's 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 get into it here. Um, y- you know, you've I think you've already summed up the main takeaway really well. I think there's a couple of big takeaways here. A discipleship. Mm. What does it actually look like? What does it mean? And the other big takeaway here is family. Yeah. You know, and and the, you know the connection between a mother and son, and this this. This Jesus Christ, this holy man, this man of God, the son of God, is actually a human being with a mother as well. You know, I think they're the two big takeaways. I don't know if there's anything else you'd you'd say out of this episode that is a major takeaway there. Yeah, I, I, the biggest thing for me was just that running theme of discipleship. Yeah. That was, and perfect too, because it's, you know, they're trying to figure out what does this look like. I mean, there was a lot of like other stuff underneath, which was everyone had different expectations or, you know, of what, what this guy is going to be doing, what he's going to be like. But I just love the, the in and out of, Hey, do these people know who they're sitting with right now? You know what I mean? And and Jesus is playing it cool. Um, I'm keen to see how playing with the kids. Yeah, for real, for real. Back, back to that, that that mode. Uh, I'm keen to see how, how they approach the, the moments of, of doubt. Um, cause I feel like, very early on, they're all very convinced that he's the Messiah where, you know, in yes. Mark's account, it looks like they just could not get the picture for a little bit. So I'm yeah. keen to see how that kind of gets, uh, works its way into the narrative. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Now it's time, it's time for everybody's favorite moment of the show, Prophet's Predictions. Oh man. Give us a prediction of where you think we're going. Well, I came in so confident last last week because my prediction was right, the, the previous one. This one, <laughs> not so much, but I think... Now, he's gone from you know doing his thing with the the disciples to now. Okay, things are things are going to become public very quick. John saw that coming. Jesus saw that coming when he decided to do this. It's I mean, how quickly before that Chinese whispers spreads its way out and and people start to flock. Uh, so yeah. I'm keen to see how quickly a crowd brews. So my prediction okay. is. The snowball effect is how quickly is it going to go from, okay, I've I've got my, you know, first disciples, we're going to get the ball rolling to, oh boy, we're in this, it's on. Uh, How quick is that going to snowball? That's my prediction for next episode. All right, and here we go. As we wrap it up, we love to wrap this up with a score. We give it a score out of 100 as if we're marking a test. And uh, Dallas Jenkins and the crew have come in, and they wanted to tell the story of the of the uh, you know the miracle at the wedding, uh, the water into wine, and they've delivered this episode. And we come back and we give it a score. Uh, do we have to flip a coin every week to see who gives the score first? Or I think we should because I'm I, I keep wanting to hear yours first. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Because I'm worried. I'm always I'm worried gonna go I'm going to be too generous uh, if I go yes. first. Because then you'll say something, and then I'll second guess myself. <laughs> And I'm, I'm worried I'm always going to go too low. <laughs> but I have to say, uh, you know, off the back of last week, we, we both really loved that one. I think we ended up giving it 88, 86 mm. uh, in the last episode around Simon Peter. And there were so many great moments in this one. I, I love this episode. This is a completely different type of television. Um, there's a lot of drama in this, in this one. There's a lot of television drama. 
uh, in this one, which I really, really appreciate. I didn't find many moments that took me out of the production, as in I'm looking at it going, well, you can see that they scrimped on this or they didn't mm. do this right or the special effects aren't great. It's a really simple episode. Uh, you know, I think the acting is really, really well. And uh, for the first moment I meet Thomas, I I love this yeah. guy. I love this guy and and Raymer as well. His you know he, you know his his lady friend there. Uh, I don't know exactly around that you know what their relationship is like yet. You can sort of see that there's something, but is it really? I don't know. And I, I just love the both of those characters. They were so well acted by the actors, and so well written by the writers. So I've got to say I'm going to even go out there and say this, and I can't believe I'm doing this. Watching it again for the however many umpteenth time. I think I like this episode more than the last one. Oof. And I'm going to go, and we're going to hit there. We're finally going to hit there. We're going to go 90%. Oh. We're going to go a 90%er. Very nice. Come on. I know. I know. I've, I, I might regret that, but I've gone big. I've gone big for this one. No, I, I dig it. I, I love, too, that whenever I find, you know, one of these episodes that I'm like, oh, this is, you know, this one was my favorite so far, which has pretty much been everyone. Um, it's all been yeah. in different <laughs> ways. Like, you know, the first one, I, I just keep calling it the the, the shadow of the backboard moment. You know, the children yeah. one um, last week with the fish. Every single one for a different reason. This one, I can clearly see why this is so many people's highlight. Like, I was I was so invested in it. Uh, you know, it wasn't, I wasn't, oh, what's going to happen next? How's it going to happen? Because it's a, such a familiar story that I just got to enjoy it uh, and see, yeah. oh, this is how they're going to portray uh, this this story that we all know, and I I was so into it, man. I dug it. So I'm 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 probably two up on you. I'm I'm going to ninety two, man, which is which hey. is high. That's like a record on our show, and I don't yeah, I don't know that's if that's it. just like I just have to have to be a couple <laughs> a couple <laughs> above. Uh, but no, I I genuinely I um, absolutely loved it. I was and I and it. like what you said last week. It's it's something that you watch this and you can go. You know what? I would hold this up. I would I would hold this up to to other shows. Yeah. Easy. It's such a hard job, and there are a couple of moments where I think, man, they could have edited that a bit tighter. But again, I've seen it so many times. But the pacing in this episode is fantastic. They keep the drama in it. You know, they keep the suspense in it, and it actually feels important what is going on. Yeah. In something that in filmed in the wrong way or edited in the wrong way. It can make it really cheesy or corny or clunky, but it's so human. I think the end of this end of this episode, I'm just like, okay, this is the most human of everyone we've seen. We've seen some really great moments here. So there we go. The wedding gift. The wedding gift on the unofficial chosen broadcast. We've given it a 92 from the prophet. Mate. And a 90 from me. Oh, maybe there's hope for the old Grinch here, <laughs> DJ, yet. But um, all right, mate. I'm gonna say this: this show is changing you in a good way. Uh, the, the scary thing is, I've seen it so many times already. I, now, only now, it's beginning to change. Maybe it's because <laughs> I'm talking about it that it's changing me. <laughs> but uh, hey, listen, get a hold of us on social media. We'd love to have a chat to you. If you've been enjoying the podcast, please let us know and uh, reach out to us. If there's anything you want to give us advice for, or you want to improve, or suggestions with the show, let us know. Where all is, and we're open 
to you, especially if you've got another pro- product marketing idea we've overlooked. We don't want to leave mm. any stone unturned with that one. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, I've been DJ Payne. This has been The Profit. Dude, you did such a great way of shouting out at the end of the show last week. I'm turning it over to you to say goodbye to everyone because I can't think of any. All right, you've tuned in. And until next week, tuck into the tuck bar. <laughs> Thank you for downloading and listening to the unofficial Chosen broadcast. Theme music from the Chosen soundtrack by Matthew S. Nelson and Dan Hasseltine. New episodes of this show are broadcast first on Fridays over on the telly.live. The podcast version then comes out the following Monday. You can subscribe for free in all good podcasting apps. This growing conversation about The Chosen is brought to you by The Tally.Live. The Tally is a new kind of online streaming Christian radio station. Listen and join The Tally family over at www.thetally.live. Until next time, remember, you are chosen. Gums Jenkins. This was another DJP.fm production.